Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. My name is Shad. I'm here with Matt and Brad. You guys doing okay? I think you should have done the the Randy Savage to uh, honor our special episode this week. <laughs> Yo, we're going to be here on the Four Corners. Yeah, brother. How you doing, Matt, brother? Yeah. I'm doing good. Uh, Shad, you know what I'm doing right now? I don't yeah, brother. Yeah. I'm pointing. I'm pointing at a sign. You're pointing at a sign. <laughs> Did you take a class at the Performance Center? I'm pointing at that big WrestleMania sign. Point at the WrestleMania sign. Why are we doing that, Matt? Because it's WrestleMania pointing sign uh, <laughs> season. <laughs> I think that's one of the best um, best headlines I've seen out of kfabenews.com was it's WrestleMania pointing sign season. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not, you guys know from the past, I'm not a punk fan, but someone said something to him once on Twitter about people pointing at the sign. And he said, oh, yeah, they got a whole class at the Performance Center on how to point at the sign. So I thought that was pretty funny. Hey, guys, it's WrestleMania season. There's a lot for us to talk about, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you on our social media. Um, we have three platforms. We each talk about one. So, Brad, which one do you usually talk about? Uh, that would be Facebook. You can find us, Four Corners Podcast. That is the number four, corners as one word, podcast. All right. And then we've got another one where people get in trouble. Isn't that right, Matt? That's right. People get a lot of trouble on this platform. That would be Twitter. Uh, we are at Podcast Four Corners. That's the capital P in podcast, the number four in corners. We don't get in trouble because our tweets are always fantastic, but... Other people do. Top shelf tweets. And then we're on Instagram where we don't get in trouble because I keep our mouth shut a lot. <laughs> uh, Instagram. It is the number four corners podcast. No spaces because Instagram doesn't let you put spaces. I post links to our shows. And then whenever I come up with fun stuff, I try and add that too. If for no other reason than to do it, I just need to do it more. We also are affiliates with Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Support your local indie wrestler. It's gear made for and by wrestlers and wrestling fans. Great guys. I've met them. It's quality gear. If you're going to watch WrestleMania and you want to be comfortable, collar and elbow shirt is the way to go. If you use the uh, promo code Four Corners Podcast, that's the number four. That's capital C. That's capital P in podcast. And no spaces, Four Corners Podcast, and get 10% off your whole order. Um, I just can't recommend them enough. And then for Mania season, Matt, who is it we're hoping to see on Mania this year? Oh, man, we would love to see Epico Cologne. Yes. That would be pretty fantastic if he could actually be on the Mania card. Hopefully wrestling. Uh, you know, the Usos are supposed to be defending the tag team championships. I, I would think, say again, that the Colognes would be a fantastic uh, opponent for them. That match could be Epico. So, yeah, that was a bad joke, and it deserved to fall flat there. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are um we're coming into mania season so we thought it might be nice if uh it'd be nice content to have for us to kind of talk about what we thought the biggest or the the best mania moments were so we've each made out a list of five but the three of us talking are kind of suspecting that um we're uh we're going to have some overlap and we some of us have some honorable mentions too 
so, you know, we're going to talk about what we think some of the best Mania moments are. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of go round robin and and we'll discuss each everybody's pick. So I'm going to flip a coin here and we're going to start with Brad. Brad, what's number five on your list? Um, okay, well, these kind of aren't necessarily in order except for like the top couple. So my first one for number five is Daniel Bryan wins it all at WrestleMania 30. Okay, Daniel Bryan winning it big at Mania 30. What? Uh, why don't you Why don't you expound a little bit on that for us? What's well, I guess in the kind of the modern landscape of the WWE, it's really the one of the few times they've actually given everyone like a feel good slash proper ending to a storyline so this kind of came off of batista winning the royal rumble and the fans getting really upset and this is kind of the wwe for a rare second like backing off and listening to the fans so to start the show off it's daniel bryan versus triple h he taps triple h out and then he goes into the main event with randy orton and batista and he wins the unified world title matt you sound like you were there was something you were going to say oh no i was just clearing my throat but that it's a great pick because uh, i i remember when that happened i was kind of in disbelief that they actually did it like they actually gave it to, to daniel bryan and uh, i have a friend who was actually there uh, at that wrestlemania in new orleans and it, that would have been absolutely tremendous to be at. I know I would have gone crazy because uh, there are, I mean, I love wrestling, but there are kind of few people in modern wrestling who really, really kind of, I have a, like this emotional attachment to, and yeah. Daniel Bryan's one of them. So uh, not that I don't, not that there's tons of guys out there that I, I love watching, but it, you know, the, the, the characters, like the, the workers that you really just love to see and you actually you're invested in them almost completely. Uh, and Daniel Bryan is one of that for me and certainly in that era. So the fact that he actually won, I was like beside myself. So that's a great pick. It's a, it's a rare genuine moment in the modern WWE. Yeah, it was, um, I'm going to be honest with you, Brad, that was actually number one on my list because of everything that went into it because of the reaction, because it was them, it was it was plans going into mania being for you know actually being changed in the face of the popularity of the central figure of this story in such a way that it, it kind of upended everything. That's why it's my number one because not only was it so big, this was this was big in a way that that we hadn't seen for a long, long time. And like like you said, Matt, Daniel Bryan as a face is this guy that everyone kind of flocks to. And as a heel, he finds a way to make everyone hate him. And it's it was it wasn't just a feel good moment to see him standing. Okay, first of all, I'll admit whenever I found out what he did, the first thing he did after he got the pin was he rolled out and he went and talked to Connor. And then he went and he stood on the top turnbuckle and did the yes chant with both belts with the whole arena. And I thought that right there is one of the most epic things I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you, 
first of all, no one can ever take that away from him, but how can you ever match that? It's just so... So... Um, staggering. So, it, it, yeah, that was that was why it was number one on my list. I will say the only thing that was more epic than this was at SummerSlam when um, he and Cena just started slapping each other. And how they uh, built that up going into that match. But oh, that's for another. Okay. Yeah. We'll, Remember we'll... how he was he was telling Cena about that and how he only did it to people you respect and then during the match they started Oh yeah. Smacking each other. Right. So yeah, that's well that that was number one on my list. So Matt, I'm gonna shift over to you. What's what about uh what's number five on yours? Uh, well, I none of mine are actually in like particular order. Just I I, I didn't pick anything. It's like the, this is number one, this is number five. They're all just kind of jumbled together. Uh, but I think an appropriate one since we're talking about WrestleMania 30. Uh, I'll choose one that really, even though Daniel Bryan winning was a, a, probably to me the personal highlight of that WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most shocking one in my pick, I guess for number five, would be twenty-one and one. Brock Lesnar beating oh. the Undertaker. So, so you know why I that, hate ending the streak. I have an I have an irrational hatred of this match because mm-hmm. this is what started the doom of the cutaway to the crowd all the time because they caught that one guy. Like, oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and and they're trying to like recapture that meme worthy like reaction, and it's just like been all downhill since then with the production. <laughs> I, I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but if not, I'll do it again really quickly. Um, that guy, his name is Ellis, uh, the Undertaker reaction guy. Yeah, uh, which again, like I. I I kind of get your criticism about going to the crowd, but that was the most perfect reaction because it, it was it just encapsulated the shock of the moment. Yeah, um, everybody everybody had that ex- same that exact same reaction. Yeah, and I've met that guy. That guy I think actually lives either in DC or in the DC metro area. Um, and I was at a they have a local they have a big comic convention in DC every year, and I went to it like three about two years ago. Because I was actually getting Nakamura's um, autograph, and that guy was there waiting in line, like right neck, right behind me. And I looked at him, and I'm like, I know you from somewhere. And he guys like, he was like so sheepish. He's like, yeah, because <laughs> people kept coming up to him and like shaking his hand, like talking to him. I'm like, who, who are you? Like, why are why is all why are all these people coming up to you? He's like, I'm kind of internet famous, and he said it like really like almost like like very very sheepishly almost embarrassed about it so then i figured out who it was uh and immediately had to take a picture with him and he and to his credit whenever he takes a picture with people he does the the shock, the shock <laughs> book. um so shout out to that guy i don't know if he's on social media i'm sure he is but he's actually a super nice guy he was really chill so uh it was great to actually meet him in person but yeah the this the ending of the streak is was amazing like i'm I'm still in awe that they did it. Uh, at least that they did it with with Lesnar. But uh, you know, um, I went to Mick Foley's uh, comedy show, and he <laughs> this was this was probably the year it happened because it, this came up, and he actually justified to the crowd. He's like, "Look, like 
that's a hard spot to be in. And like they went with Brock because Brock just doesn't care. Like he's not going to cave into that pressure of having to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's true. I, I think Mick kind of does a little bit of water carrying. Um, but you know, I had that, been that hoping wasn't, that was actually kind of, I think genuine because that was, I think a point in his life where he was, he was actually making some valid, like criticisms of the product. Okay. But I don't remember. It, it was, I mean, I, what they did set up Brock to be the, 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 what's the phrase I'm looking for? Basic for, for lack of a better term, the final boss for the whole company. Right. And it, it makes sense. There's just a little part of me that kind of wishes it had gone to, to someone else who, it, it could have established their career instead of just instead of like, it, I think it could have done more good for other people, but I understand why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that moment was just stunning. I I think I actually sat there with my mouth hanging open when it happened. I think if I would have done it differently, I would have held it back till last year. I wouldn't have done the Roman thing. I would have had him go completely undefeated, have Braun come out, power slam him in like 30 seconds, and just pin him. I mean, if it were me, you know exactly what I would do. If you want someone to be in the Undertaker spot, you got to pass the torch to him from the Undertaker. And so the next, the next year he should have given it to Bray, but that didn't happen either, so... Matt, yeah, that's that's an excellent choice. That is a that fantastic is, choice for a moment. That's probably that's probably one of the good or bad. It's probably one of the most memorable mania moments, yeah. just for the shock value. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I, I kind of hard pressed to to think about what they're going to do in the future that would kind of top that. I think in the short term, that's they that's probably up there. They could never yeah. hold on to something that long to make it work. Yeah. It, it, I don't. They just don't seem to have the restraint to do it. No. Um, number five on my list, because as I was making this list, uh, if if I I'm making a list of top WrestleMania moments, right? I am making a list of moments that I thought, and I suppose to be fair, that mine I, I kind of rank them, but on the other hand, they're not really ranked. These were kind of either they were era defining or they were, uh, if not era defining, um, they were indicative of the era to come. Uh, Mine was the Ultimate Warrior defeats Hulk Hogan for the world title Um, because that was that was Hogan's on the way out. This is the new guy. And to a honestly a, a fan base that didn't think that was going to happen you know they were, everyone was wondering what was going to happen whenever this broke loose and you know the the ending of that moment um you know the the warrior wins how big that was um that's what i was putting down on as in my number five slot that's a pretty big one uh and the funny thing about that is that I was shocked when that happened, and I was watching that like on a, a VHS, like after the fact, because I mm. I was not even 
I was pretty young, but I wasn't even a fan when that all went down. What? Because what, when was that mania? Ninety. That was ninety. Yeah, I I didn't start even watching wrestling until like two, probably two and a half years after that. So everything was just, you know, I rented the pay-per-view. And yeah, I, I rented the event from like a Blockbuster or something. Yeah. I was going to say, it's a, if you've never seen it, it is a shockingly good match. It is. Well, the, the, the story I've heard behind it is they spent two months rehearsing the thing so that it would be that good. I mean, I mean, Hogan is a, Hogan is an underrated worker. Um... But we can go into that a different time. But he, I mean, for him to pull something good out of a less than stellar opponent isn't surprising. And I mean, honestly, like for as maligned as the Ultimate Warrior is, I've seen him in a lot of good stuff over the years. Warrior's aura lent a whole lot to the stuff he was in until the aura kind of broke. And it's kind of hard to put your finger on when it broke. But when it did, then... Things just weren't as special anymore, you know? Yeah. And um, if you go back and watch it, like, it's kind of one of those things that's sad about modern wrestling is if you go back to that Royal Rumble and they tease this, like, the crowd just goes ballistic. They've had some, like, Rumble moments that have teased things and the crowd has lost their mind they never followed up on. This was a case when they did follow up on it. Yeah, well, they did that, and then they did, um, I think it was a Saturday night's main event where they were, like, taking on, oh, I don't even remember. I think it was, like, Earthquake and Dino Bravo, maybe. <laughs> and they kind of had, like, a blow-up. And okay. that's what led to this. Interesting. Also, um, additional point, this is Hogan and Warrior, two guys that had what probably qualify in my book as two of the lamest finishers for people to ever be on the top of a company. Because one of them is just a leg drop and one of them is just a running splash, but there we are. And I, I, it worked, I guess. So I like how they did the finish in this, though, where they... Wait, I, I got to So, like, Warrior does the military press... Goes for the splash, misses. Hogan boots him, then goes for the leg drop. Warrior misses the leg drop. Yeah, misses yeah. leg drop. Then Warrior splashes him and pins him. I think is how yeah. the end goes. Yeah, and and that's a good exchange. It's just I sit here and I think is a leg drop and a running splash, <laughs> which I suppose is a testament to the two guys that that stuff got over. But I mean, Hogan used to get some real air on it when he was younger, though. Oh yeah, and if you actually if you actually watch uh, if you watch that when he, he he misses the leg drop, but he's up insanely high. Yeah. He's probably like three feet, four feet off the ground. Like that sounds yeah. like an exaggeration, but it's not. That's just a personal hang up for me. That's that's all. That's all. I don't know, but yeah. In the context of their time, it doesn't bother me. And, like, Warriors isn't, like, just a splash. Like, he does military press them. And then That's he true. follows that up with a splash. And yeah. I, I do kind of like the... It's unique, and I think it would actually hurt really bad, especially when you just got dropped on your stomach having this, like, 260-pound guy just jump on your back while you're... Well, you, after you just got dropped out of the air. Yeah. See, 
I think if we if we want to be accurate, Warriors finish was it was a two parter. It was a military military press with a running splash. Yeah. So it, it was not just the splash itself, unless it was. Yeah. So, anyway, like I said, that's just my weird hang-up. I just, uh, it's, I, I can't get beyond it. It's like the Thunderdome for me. So, um, I'm going to, you guys watch. Anytime I have an opportunity to try and sneak that god-awful joke in, I'm going to do it. And so, if you're playing the Four Corners drinking game at home, first of all, I want to know what the rules are. And then second, you you finish your drink whenever that happens, okay? Because I don't get to do it much. Um Matt, what's what's the next one on your list? Uh, okay, I'll go with one that is also kind of pretty. It's pretty recent, uh, but it's one that I really loved a lot. And it actually, since we're, I was mentioning earlier, like there's moments where it kind of moves you. Yeah. Uh, this one actually moved me. Uh, it still gets me like it, it. I actually feel emotion just watching it. And I watched it earlier today, uh, just a clip of it on YouTube. Uh, and it really kind of gave me chills again. It's from WrestleMania 24, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair, the mm. career ending match. At least yeah. we thought it was <laughs> for Ric Flair at that time. Uh, for the storyline, for those who don't know, uh, they had, I was at Vince, I think, who had put him in this uh, kind of storyline where Ric Flair. He thought Ric Flair should retire, so if Flair was to lose a match, then he'd have to be—he'd have to retire. And he went through a whole series where he was winning matches, kind of like by the skin of his teeth, but he was still maintaining. And then it—he was pitted against Michaels at WrestleMania. They had a pretty good match given uh, given Flair's age. Uh, Sean really like busted all sorts of stuff out to try to make it a good match. He was doing like a moonsault to the the outside onto Flair. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, but then, of course, the, the part that everyone remembers is the finale where uh, Sean looks at Rick, and Rick, uh, he's had he's just been brutalized all match, and he's getting up, and he's got tears streaming down his face, and he just, like, motions for Sean, like, come on, like, do it. It's basically like, just finish me off, like, do it, it's okay. And then Sean mouths, I'm sorry, I love you, and super kicks him, one, two, three, like, highly emotional, yeah. Uh, it still gets me. Like I still love that match. It's it, it's not the best Mania match, even though I do think it's a good match. But just the raw emotion of it all, uh, it's fantastic to me. That's a a classic WrestleMania moment. And just yeah. like um, fifteen years late, well, not fifteen years later, quite a few numbers of years later, they would be standing in a ring watching Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers dance at Ric Flair's birthday party. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta agree with you, Matt. That's there's just so much emotion that ties into that, and and you know Rick is is gesturing Sean, come on, don't pity me, you know, and and Sean looks at him and you just say I'm sorry before he does it, and it's like wow, that's in the hands of someone less skilled, that would be hokey, mm-hmm. but in in this setting, man, it works. And though that that robe and those boots are in the Americana Museum uh, in the Smithsonian that that Flair wore. Yeah, and again, it just the motion still like it's still to me it's 
obviously you needed very competent storytellers and Sean and, and Ric Flair clearly like their the story of their career is that they were those type of guys but it really just conveyed this like the desperation that Ric Flair had you know, he's this grizzled veteran at this point who cannot for the life of him give it up he, it has to be taken away from him he has to be put basically put down like you would an animal yeah uh and he just he he could he had to go out fighting so again that the, the they did an amazing job with that match oh yeah oh yeah that's a that's a great pick that's an excellent pit Mac. good you know great job on that that really Brad. is. i think that's one that kind of has been lost into the annals of history too mm-hmm. it it shouldn't have been, but I think you're right. Yeah, so. Okay, Brad, what's the next one on your list? Well, this one is a match more than it is a moment, but this is, this is, in my wife's opinion, the best match that she's ever seen and has dared me to find a match for her that she thinks is better. And I haven't quite topped it yet, but this would be um, Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage at WrestleMania 3. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen the kind of the the lead up to this, they had a match on Superstars, I think, and Savage gets DQ'd, pretty much um, uses the ring bell to attack um, Steamboat's throat. Um, if you want to see a really great cell job, uh, you should watch it. So then Steamboat came back shortly before this. They have their big match at Mania. Savage goes for the ring bell. And it doesn't quite go his way, and Savage, and uh, sorry, Steamboat wins the Intercontinental Championship in what was a legitimately like amazing match. Yeah, um, you 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 hit the nail on the head. It is an amazing match. Uh, yeah, it's this is one of those matches that it's it's shocking that. This this we're going into WrestleMania 35, so you're talking about a match that over 30 years ago, and you can you can watch this right now, and and it holds up to any of like the amazing stuff you're seeing, like in New Japan, in uh, in Ring of Honor, even like uh, well uh, AEW, I guess is what will be happening soon. All those guys, the Bullet Club guys, Elite, uh, even like the best matches in the in the WWE now, it holds mm-hmm. up to all of them. Like they were so ahead of their time with this match. And if yeah. you, if you if you if you have never seen Randy Savage wrestle, there are two matches that you should um you should watch him wrestle and you will understand him to AT. I'm not gonna mention the other one because it's on my list later, but this is one of this is this is required viewing if you wanna understand why Randy Savage was so great. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good way of putting it. Oh man, golly, what am I following that up with? Oh well, this kind of isn't fair. Um, <laughs> mine were kind of kind of generally um, older to newer. Not looking at it, I thought I'd kind of set them up in a in a ranking, but then I realized it, it's just kind of more older to newer. I just flipped the last two. Because I thought this one is absolutely bigger. Um, this is this is you could you could call this definitely one of, if not the mania moment 
uh, Hogan slams Andre. Yeah. And um, there you go. I mean, the, the the way that, you know, that was on Mania 3. It was not Mania 1. This was Mania 3. But this was what really, it seems like, put WrestleMania on the map. Mm-hmm. And just the sheer force. If you watch the match by itself in a vacuum, uh, it, it, it's not good but i I am of the opinion i'm of the opinion that a match is more than just what you see in the ring it is also how well do you get the crowd into it because if it's if you don't have the crowd into it it's just two guys doing stuff together right and two guys can do some very impressive stuff together how is the crowd into it and that's what pushes it over the top is that these guys have this whole building in the palm of their hand. And whenever you... Because the, the pinfall is not the the climax of the match. Hogan slams Andre is the high point of the entire show. That one moment. And what comes after it is, is just, you know, is just finish up. It's just window dressing. I- so this... This is there you go. I slightly disagree when you say it's not a good match. I think it's actually a solid match that doesn't get enough credit for its structure and its narrative. And um especially like if you go back and watch like the promos that they do on each other, it actually plays out really well in the match because if you watch the TV leading up, a lot of what Hogan says is like you're big and bad, but you've never been a champion. Like when that moment comes and you have to like pull down deep and find like that next level. Like, are you going to be able to do it? And then it plays out in the batch where that moment comes and Andre can't do it. That's, that's what I'm saying is it, it, if you strip away all the stuff and you just put the match itself in a vacuum, it, that's what I'm saying. And the other but, thing I recommend a person does is watch the match, but just watch Bobby Heenan the whole time. Because yeah, like, the second, the second time you watch it, just watch Heenan. Because his his facial expressions and reactions going onto the ring like add like such a humongous element to this match. But like what's what's amazing about this match though is it is it really is like it feels like an absolute struggle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of a I'm I'm in line with, with Brad where I think the match is a lot better than people remember it being. Uh and that's I mean part of that is because Andre even here was pretty limited and unfortunately for him it'd only get worse but uh this that to me if i did have to just rank stuff again i didn't assign a particular rank but that would be number one for me because to me that moment is when like everything clicked for wrestlemania yeah like if that is like the first uh kind of quintessential wrestlemania moment where uh, people still remember that even people who aren't really wrestling fans will kind of remember like oh yeah remember like hogan slammed andre yeah uh, and uh, this was also it, it in i think through the years like the the kind of context has been lost on this match because this was kind of like a, a passing of the torch type of thing too uh but people kind of lose that context because it's been 30 something years since that match actually happened but uh you know it's even more impressive guys is that uh hogan was able to slam andre and then continue the match when he tore 85 different muscles in his back <laughs> uh, 
And I, and I believe, or, according to Hulk Hogan, that Andre weighed 2,000 pounds for this match. Yes. 2,500. 2, yes. Um, it's now 2,750, it, by the way. So it, it goes up every time you ask him. It's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, well, the other, the other story I have for this is when I was in college, there was a there, there was a group of folks I hung out with, and I was the only wrestling fan in it, so they kind of liked to give me a hard time. I went, and I rented Mania Three on VHS. Came back to where we were all hanging out, put it in, and just fast forwarded to this match, and the whole room went dead quiet because they were all at rapt attention. And I, I just kind of looked around. And I was like, yep, y'all think I'm crazy. Sure. We'll get you now. All right. So um, next on our list, number three on our list, um, Brad, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us the next one on your list? Um, we'll just stay on that Hulk Hogan bandwagon here. So for my number three, I have Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus The Rock from WrestleMania 18. Oh man! So this is this is both good and bad. Like I feel like every dream match has tried to live up to this one and like how they treat it, and it's just never worked the same. But this is an interesting case where the crowd just picked who they wanted to cheer for and went with it from the word go. And the workers kind of adjusting their, yeah, their the, the, um, their match to it. I was gonna say the reaction to that match was just the the crowd noise to that match was, um, just just bone chilling in in what it was. I I also I I kind of wonder what would have happened if Hogan hadn't won the first like lockup. Because that's really where the match like is forever changed. Is he wins that lockup and the crowd's just like "fuck yeah," like we love you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was a tri- this wasn't a great match, but just for the nostalgia and everything, it was absolutely amazing. I mm-hmm. uh, I think it, it, it loses its context. Like watching it live, it was an amazing match live because. They hit all the notes they wanted you to hit, mm-hmm. and they executed okay. But I think if you don't, if you're not watching it in the moment that it was happening, like it loses a lot of its power. But like, I saw this live at like a BW three at the time, and like, even like, not in the building, like that, the people in the bar were like losing their minds over it. Yeah, I was in a similar, uh, I, I was in a similar setting for it, and and. Folks just went insane, and I, I'll agree with me. It's not quite as evergreen as Hogan Andre is, but uh, man, is there anything else, like, Matt? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off or anything. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Oh no, it well, it's it's kind of funny because this based just on this match, like Hogan got so over that they kind of were actually having him. He won the title like a few, like weeks or months after that. He was kind of like on top again. Well, they kind of panicked uh, because Triple H kind of fell on his face. Yeah, that's true. It's funny because I can't. There, 
there are other matches that were on WrestleMania 18, but this is like the only one you really like remember. I remember like it's completely Blair stole the show. Oh yeah. I I only remember that match though because that had the Arn Anderson spinebuster. Oh yeah, oh, it's so good. That Arn Anderson spinebuster was so crisp. It was perfect. Yes. That that match wasn't good, but the spinebuster was beautiful. And people wonder why I, li- I liked using the spinebuster so much. People don't do it right though. You, it's not a spinebuster unless you turn. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't turn, but that was because I would have been turning on my bad knee the way I wanted to do it. So, I, I, I kind of cheated. I did mine. Uh, it was not a turn. I did. I called it a rebound spinebuster. They came at me, and I took them up and down in the same way. But okay. But that that's yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Matt, what's the next one on your list? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on some that I could pick because I think you guys are gonna pick them. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'll stick with a rock match. Uh, he was part of this match. This is more like a match than a moment, but it did have a moment at the end. Uh, he was part of this match, but that was the shocking part that made it a WrestleMania moment, I guess, in my book. I'm going to go with uh, Rock versus Austin, WrestleMania 17, mm. for the world title. Uh, for those who don't remember this match, or this pay-per-view, I think people still... and I, I This would be interesting to see what your guys' opinion is, because many people still hold this as the best WrestleMania, if not one of the best WrestleManias of all time, WrestleMania 17. Uh, what, sorry, one of the best pay-per-views of all time. Like, it's a... Go ahead. I wouldn't... I would say it's probably the best WrestleMania of all time. I would say for American pay-per-views, Great American Bash 89 is probably still better. And um, I probably wouldn't even put it on the same level as Super Brawl 2 that we just watched. And um, I'm betting there's been better WWE pay-per-views since then. But it's a mania. Uh, you it's, know, even then, I might even be willing to say Mania twenty or thirty were better. I'd have to, I'd have to watch every WrestleMania to really like say one way or the other. It's been so long since I watched Mania seventeen that I would have to do a refresher to uh, to compare them. So, and it makes me sad that they edited out um, my favorite part of the pay per view, which was during Eddie Guerrero's match when he's trying to get out of the ring and he trips and he just like falls to the ground <laughs> and they, they oh, cut it out Eddie. of all subsequent like viewing. So you have to have like a live tape to see it. Mm. But, oh. um, so my problem is I don't have a good recollection of mania 15 and this one, like for their rock and Austin matches. Yeah, the the thing that really about this match that I was I think part of what makes it a WrestleMania moment. I thought it was a good match, but uh, Austin was going in as a face, Rock was coming in as a heel, and this was you know at the pretty much at the the culmination of the whole Austin McMahon feud, which had been going on for at this point like a good two years, yeah. maybe longer, but at least two years. 
Maybe three-ish years? Close yeah, it years. might have. Yeah, it could have gone it, about that long. I mean, it was it went on for quite some time. Uh, and he, the, the idea in the match was that, of course, McMahon's going to screw Austin yet again out of the title. But instead, what you had is you had a double turn. You had Vince McMahon helping Austin win. Uh, Austin shaking hands with Vince at the end after he's won the title uh, as Jim Ross is just frantically screaming <laughs> about how Austin uh, has made a deal with the devil. So uh, to yeah. me, that was... I watched... I ordered I ordered that pay-per-view. I actually saw it live. And I remember... It's hard because when you're like... At that point, I had already been, uh, been smartened up to the business, as they say. Uh mm-hmm. So I didn't think I could be swerved, but they did. They did swerve me. Like I was shocked when I watched that. So to me, that's a, that kind of still ranks up there as a as a big WrestleMania moment. It's interesting to me that Austin still looks back and says that he, whenever Vince raised his hand, he should have just given him a stunner then, um, because of everything that follows. Yeah, but to build on what you said, can you imagine having a double turn? And then another turn right after would have been, like, as it turns out, Austin outsmarted Vince, got Vince to back him up, just, and then Austin wins and screws Vince at the same time. That would have been a very Austin thing to do. Yeah, and it would have been consistent with his character. Um, the thing is that he, he turned heel because in part he thought, well, I'm stale, I need to change it up, which I don't think is the the wrong kind of attitude. It's just that people... I don't think the timing was right. People didn't want to see him as heel, and what kind of right. came after that didn't really work out. But yeah, went, uh, I feel like he went a little too art housey with his heel character. Uh, yeah. The well, he was still in a place where people wanted to cheer for their hero, right? And then his heel stuff. I mean, he's Steve Austin, so he's he's pretty bulletproof. So he could play around with whatever he wanted to. It just wasn't quite. It wasn't engaging in the same way. Is that fair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't help that they didn't have a good like counterbalance to him either. Right. Okay. Um, is that my number three now? Yeah, your turn. Okay. Um. In, in line with either uh, era indicative or era defining, the next one on my list is Steve Austin defeats Shawn Michaels for the title um, at Mania, which was, I guess, it wasn't the beginning, but it was it was kind of the the difference between a soft opening and a grand opening of the Attitude Era. I guess it's it, this was this. This was this is here now. This is what we're doing, and Austin picked that up and ran with it, and that's how we got, you know, Austin's longtime run and all the all the stuff that came with it. You know what's striking to me about this match? If this was if this happened today, they would have Shawn Michaels super kick him and pin him in this match. Uh, it's like a false finish, or they just put Sean over. They just put Sean over. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I don't think that would have happened because Sean, 
Sean was in no condition to keep working at the time. So no, I'm just saying that's what modern WWE would do uh, and how they treat their stuff. No, but um, I believe the backstage story was Sean was actually making noise. That he wasn't going to do the job. And the undertaker told him that he was either going to job in the ring or he was going to job behind the scenes afterwards. I've heard that story. Taker like, is taping his fists while he says that to Sean and then sits and watches the monitor until the match is over. And when the match is over, he undoes the tape on his fists. And um, Ty- I, it really needs to be said how great Mike Tyson was like in the lead-up and in the execution of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, him punching out Sean was, um, was pretty good. Did I, I I watched that punch and I'm still trying to figure out did he just work it really well or did he just clobber Sean with it? I think he just worked it pretty well. Okay. He seems like he's a big pro wrestling fan. Yeah, it's just a um I don't know. I I guess he worked it well enough that there's still question in my mind. Also, just random aside, but one of my other favorite Mike Tyson moments is him trying to ride one of those like hoverboard things and just eating shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, before we go on, I know we had a couple honorable mentions laying around. Um, So if you guys would like to get some honorable mentions out before we uh, do the final uh, two rounds. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't have a I don't have an additional to since since we've already kind of jack in the box okay. one of mine but so um this would this would have made my top five if um one of the participants didn't forever tarnish it forever but WrestleMania twenty with um, Benoit Guerrero mm, yeah celebrating at the end um, unfortunately that moment's not <laughs> recognized anymore because um you know Benoit killed his family. Yeah, that was actually my remaining pick as a top. And then um, I'm going to go with a smaller moment that actually kind of is a, is a really forgotten moment that I feel like deserves way more um, love than it gets. But uh, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania 30, where Cesaro picks up Big Show, walks into the to the ring and throws him over the top rope. That's a good honorable mention. Because that is, yeah, that is a good one. Because it's not often that you hear a crowd react differently, and the minute he picked him up, like it wasn't even a cheer; it was just like a an audible what? gasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. I was gonna say the 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 main event on Mania Twenty. I I marked down as one of um, I marked down as one of my top moments just because of what it meant at the time because you had these two guys who had been so popular with the crowd for so long finally hit the top of the mountain in a way that even I at the time after I'd been smartened up I didn't think it was going to happen um, and, and it did and you you had this heartfelt celebration between these two old friends right there in the middle of the ring and yeah, what ended up happening later is awful, and you know all the stuff that comes to it with the condition of his brain and and everything. But that moment is just just a beautiful moment to watch. And also to so. backtrack, um, 
Taz was a clod and I hate his announcing, but when Eddie won the title and Taz is just like, Eddie cheated. Like when he's like pitting Brock, it still cracks me up to this day. Yeah. I, I thought Taz was all right. And, and, uh, especially in comparison to some commentary we've had since then. I thought Taz did just fine. My my favorite Taz moment is when he was screwing with Jr. and Lawler during the invasion, and um, he had a match with Lawler after Lawler stuck up for Jr. and he's like choking Lawler out, and Jr. like walks over there with like his jar of candy and just busts it right on Taz's face. Oh yeah, Taz took that like a champ. Yeah, just one okay. of those rare sides that come up. But those, yeah. those were my honorable mentions. Um, Matt, you said you had an honorable mention? Uh, yeah, I, I could probably think of another one, but the one that actually uh, kind of popped in my head, uh, going way back to WrestleMania four. this was before, obviously, we got into the, the Warrior title run, but he was majorly over uh, with fans as just like the, kind of an up-and-coming next big thing babyface yeah and so you had yeah the honky talk man who of course was the longest running intercontinental champion of all time that at that point summer in time. Slam, actually oh was it yeah. was it SummerSlam? yeah it was summer oh, okay oh was it summer slam yeah oh well i'm taking my honorable mention back <laughs> my how dare i get that wrong now didn't didn't warrior rude have a mania match no, they did not. They, they it was went, not. They had a double. They did SummerSlam back to back years. Okay. Well. Well, then I tell you what I'll do. I'll throw my honorable mention in, and my honorable mention is like far smaller in scope. But I'm going to tell you why I picked it. My honorable mention was. This was a few years ago. It was the Intercontinental uh, ladder match. Zack Ryder wins the Intercontinental title. Uh, in that ladder match. That's a Here's really why. good one. Here's why. Zack Ryder, someone who had been... Well, ever since he kind of got himself over with his YouTube show and then creative saw fit to disabuse him of being over, you know, had been trying to get some traction again. And I guess someone finally had a fit of conscience and went, you know... This guy did what we wanted. What we tell people to do is grab the brass ring and and get out there, and we, we took it away from him. So he got to have this moment, and I know it only lasted until Raw the next day, but he gets to win this. His dad's in the ring with him. It is this moment of just pure elation, just just sheer joy that he has and gets to share with his dad right there in this way that I'm sure he never thought he'd get to have. And, and, and yeah, Hogan Andre is probably the moment, but if you want for me to say you want an example of a heartfelt mania moment, that's the one I'm going to point at that one right there. Yeah. I think that's a really, that's a, I would call that like a more personal and intimate, like mania moment. Yeah, but I mean it, that's I, and I mean like what I'm saying is like I think I think um I think that's not like on the grandest of scales, but that can also that can in some ways that one's more emotionally like 
powerful than some of those like bigger moments that pop right in your brain. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 what I mean, and that's why I like it so much. Matt, it sounded like you were going to say something. No, I no. Okay. <laughs> we ready? We ready to hit? That. He just he's just sitting over there silently yeah. disagreeing with me. We ready? We ready to hit that home stretch with the the good stuff. Let's bring it home. Okay, uh, Matt. What's your what's your go home? Uh, are we doing one more or two more? Two more. It's two more. Whatever you got left. Uh, I think I know what the two Matt the two uh, moments that you guys are going to pick for. Um, so I kind of had changed mine up because I want to be fair, and you guys have I think some of the best moments left. So I actually uh, don't have any left. Um, so you just you just go with it, man. You don't. What do you mean you don't have any left? Uh, well, because because you guys hit on the ones that I had in my last two spots already. So I didn't prepare backup ones. <laughs> I didn't have time to to make backup ones out. Really? So, okay. Um, go ahead. Go for it. Uh, well, like, well, then I have like four or five that I could do. I've, I can, I can, I, I can message you one if you want to. <laughs> well, then, uh, what the heck? Go for it. Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me see. Because I think I know what Brad wants to talk about. So I'll choose. Actually, I'll go with this one because I think this is one that, uh, for the time, it was a big deal. Now it's kind of not as much because so much has happened. We've had you know ECW doing all sorts of crazy things, but I'll go WrestleMania ten, uh, the Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match. Ooh, that's a good pick. That is a good pick. I, back at the time, like at that time. Like there were no such things as ladder matches. I know that. Uh, I guess Bret Hart says he invented it. Or there's been they, there were some in Stampede, and I think um, I think Bret and Sean did one like in ninety one or ninety two. But mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like a common yeah. thing. Yeah, and it certainly wasn't. Uh, you know, a yearly money uh sorry a table table ladders and chairs type of pay-per-view event where ladders are in damn near every match so it was uh like very innovative at the time and it holds up well because it's it's it doesn't have like the cliches that come with like a modern ladder ladder match Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's like how you've always got to have the crazy someone either Runs on top of ladders or jumps from one yeah. ladder to the other. And yeah, it, it doesn't have the stupidly like slow ladder climbing. God, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's frustrating. Uh, so yeah, that's a uh, that's one that's kind of people for, kind of forget about that match, but it's it's probably one of the actual better Mania matches out there, at least in the first like ten WrestleManias. It, it's uh, just a really good match and. It, it did. Uh, it was innovative for its time because it was a kind of a, a new type of match and just amazing to see what they were doing with it. You know, I'm surprised no one's ever ripped the ending of this match off. Where, like, Sean gets his ankle caught in the rope, and that's what lets uh, Razor climb to the top and get the belt. Oh, yeah, I follow you now. Like, no one's ever really, uh, no one's ever really stolen that. Yeah, you're right. No one has. Hmm. But that's a great. That's a, that's a great pick. I I would actually. Yeah. I forget about this match. That's a really good match. Yeah. I should watch this. this yeah. Week. Yeah. That is really good. That's a that's a good pick. Yeah. 
Brad, what uh, what's another pick you got? Well, um, we're gonna we're gonna take a little trip to a WrestleMania 13, since we kind of talked about Stone Cold Steve Austin earlier. Why don't we just talk about where he turned face and uh, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin? Yeah, a very um, very quietly brutal match. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I watched this with my wife. I think over the summer, and there wasn't quite as much blood as I remember there being. That was kind of a weird reaction. Like, oh, I thought there was more blood. Yeah. This also uh, features Ken Shamrock's, I think, WWE debut. Mm-hmm. But um, really great double turn, well booked, um, great match. Uh, I think still one of my favorite, like, just all-out brawls and two guys trying to do bad things to each other. Yeah. It had. It also had one of the most iconic single visuals that I can think of in in wrestling. Period. Are they with with? Go ahead. As they they had that in every Mania video package for like the next ten years. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. That's what I mean. Is I, I think that was just just uh, yeah. It's iconic. It's amazing. So. I don't. I really. I can't. I can't think of anything else to add to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Matt. Well, Matt scrambles. I'm just going to go ahead and do my number one. Okay. I will argue it is the greatest WrestleMania moment of all time. It hasn't been topped, and I would say not the best wrestling match of all time, but probably the best WWE style like encapsulation of what the WWE has always stood for. And that is the Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ultimate Warrior with the added on Macho Man and Liz reunite. Yeah. I thought that was at a SummerSlam. That's their wedding. Oh my gosh, that totally would have been on my list. Oh my. I. Oh. I. <laughs> I don't anger, uh, anger I, that you I, forgot that one. Remember Jake? I'm, Jake, I am um, Jake had just the snake and smacked. Jake used the snake at their wedding reception. Yeah, that I remember. That's I thought that I thought that this match was at a SummerSlam instead of a Mania. No, with this one, this is where like Sherry's abusing Savage afterwards, and Liz like runs yeah. out and chases her off. And it, well, and it had the. Um, the 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 finish of which mania was it? Um, this was uh, this was seven, right? Yeah. Okay. All this right. is the Let one me... where this is the one where Warrior just like keeps like spearing him, and then Savage yeah. just falls, and Warrior just steps on him and pins him. Yeah. After it, this was a crazy match. I actually, you said like oh, it's not a great match. I actually think this is probably. You could maybe make the case for for Hogan Warrior. Otherwise, I actually would say this is probably Warrior's best match of oh, all time. I would I would give this and five I, stars. I just mean it's not like the best best match. Like if you're classifying like the top like bestest matches for, ever, it's yeah, it's not. But it's probably like one of the best narrative matches. Like and it's still like a legitimate five star match. Like yeah, yeah okay I, yeah yeah. I don't I agree with you. Uh, my wife is not the biggest wrestling fan, uh, and so I don't think this would work on her. But uh, I, we have a mutual friend, uh, Damien, uh, a.k.a. The Dames, and he argues, uh, and I don't think he's wrong here, that if you took someone and 
they didn't care for wrestling or they weren't really a wrestling fan. If you showed them this match and just, you know, gave them like the most, just like from the video package or whatever, just the most minimal backstory, they would, if they watched this match, they'd become a wrestling fan or at least like get into this match by the end of it. Cause they might, they, they might just, they might say, I get it. They, they, cause I think Brad is right. They, the narratively, the story this match tells is unreal. You get the hatred that these two have for each other. You get the desperation for Savage to put him away. You get kind of like the, I mean, Warrior was almost like uh, disgusted, like even winning. Just, it just, it was a brutal match. Well, like what Savage dropped like four elbows. Yeah. I think he dropped five. And then, like when when Warrior didn't win, he almost walked out and. And then um, Warrior picks him up at that one point and just gently puts him on his feet and just slaps him right in the face. Yeah, there's... And it's interesting because that match plays to... I totally would have had this. I honest to God thought this was a SummerSlam match. They oh, did, man. They did wrestle at SummerSlam like uh, when Savage yeah. had the belt in 92, I think. Okay, maybe that's where I'm conflating it, but just the fact that the overall narrative of this whole thing was done in such a way that it actually it played to Warrior's strength because it let him either slow down a little bit, like you said, he picks Savage up and then he puts him back down, or when it comes time for him to kick it in like the crazy person he was, it makes sense that he's blown up at the time, right? So it, 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 it was done in such a way that really played to both of them. Well, the fact that he's like, why he was going to walk away is Savage kicked out of his finisher. And he's like, he's like, what the, he's like, I can't beat him. Like, I might as well just leave it. Then Savage, I think hits him like right at the right moment. Then he's like walking back in the ring and he's like, okay, now I know. Yeah. It's like, I can't. Yeah, because it was it was it was like questioning himself. He's like, "Do I do I do I have it? Is this something?" And then I I'd have to look. I can't remember what brought him back, but he comes back. Savage and like just, blindside hit him, and then he just like was just like he, I think he like blasts him, and he's just like, "Okay, like yeah, I'm good." And then you saw it with with the way that it ended, because it you know. That's that's got like Warrior going off the ropes multiple times to build momentum to just smash Savage. And yeah, and man, that's and, a good pick. And I think I think the great part is it's an amazing match, and that's just the precursor to like the main event of Liz and Savage getting back together. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. For I was waiting what you were going to say there because I was going to be like, now come on, Hogan Slaughter didn't exactly have. That was but, actually yeah. that's actually not a bad match, but no, um, um, just the fact that like this was so great, but it led into like, I think the mo the like the the big moment like I just don't see any mania moment like that's ever topped the complete package of the match and the angle that came after the match. That's probably fair if you're talking about like the complete package. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. If I wanted to argue the point, I might be able to find something to do it with. But you, you, you've picked a really, really strong case, so uh, I'm not even going to bother. 
Uh, am I, I? There's one, just my last pick, I guess. Yeah, go for it. Uh, you know, it's tough. I, I feel we did like the really big ones. Um, I guess I'll throw, I'll throw two things out there. Um, and you can, I guess one can be, which it doesn't matter which, but one can be an honorable mention. One can be like the, the last one. Um, since I, I kind of whiffed on my honorable mention before, but, uh, Vince McMahon obviously is obsessed with having celebrities involved with his matches or with his pay-per-views, uh, especially mania. Uh, there was a couple times where having uh, a, a celebrity or a personality involved, I think, actually paid off with them uh, pretty big. Uh, the two, the two times I'll throw out is I'll go with uh, it's not a great match, but WrestleMania 11, Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, kind of like a match that people forget about because it wasn't very good. It's kind of like an odd main event, but. Uh, personally, like when I was a kid, like this was like a huge deal, uh, kind of like around the schoolyard, basically, because uh, LT was kind of a big deal still back then, uh, and the fact that he was actually wrestling in the main event of WrestleMania was kind of like something that at least like got a lot of chatter. Is this the one? Is this the WrestleMania where um, that home improvement kid beats Bob Backlund in chess? And he goes I on think that so. like rant in the locker room. I think it was because that was that's amazing if that's the same show. But um, I've I've seen this match before. I actually think um it's better than it should have any right to be. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, LT gets blown. He gets blown up like a minute or two in, but it's still kind of entertaining in a way. Uh. Hey, you guys, any more thoughts on that? I'll go to the the second one. I was, I was, um, I was, I got sidetracked in my brain because I was thinking like, oh god, I hope Jimmy Snuka wasn't on the roster. That would have been like a shit ton of coke he did before the match. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wouldn't have gotten blown up that early. <laughs> yeah, um, and then the second one uh, that I'll go with is I'll go with uh, WrestleMania twenty three. <laughs> when you had uh, Bobby Lashley with uh, future president <laughs> Donald Trump in his corner facing off against uh, Umaga, or as uh, William Regal would say, Umanga. Uh, Umanga. Umanga uh, versus Vince McMahon. That's the Battle of the Billionaires, hair versus hair, where uh, Bobby Lashley beat um, uh, Umaga, and you had uh, Trump helping shave Vince McMahon bald. Uh, I don't even really remember this match, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but Trump was there. Uh, it, this was, uh, I think, this is still one of like the highest-rated WrestleManias, not so. just in terms of like match quality, but I mean in buys. Uh, is that and the nowadays, same it, one with uh, Mayweather, or was that an? No, no, that was a different one. Okay. I think. Is yeah, that... that was a different one. I, you know. Um, this is going way back in the show's history, but when we did our celebrities, um, in wrestling, I was really upset at us after that show because we actually left Donald Trump off and, um, he really did a good job adding to this angle. Like it was, I thought we still mentioned him. I think we might've mentioned, I don't think we mentioned him in relation to this. That's a fair point, but 
I thought we did mention him. In any event. And I don't think this is his first Mania appearance either, because I think he was on Mania 4 and 5, too, because they were at one of his casinos. Yeah, he made yeah. an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good choice, yeah. though, because, um, like I said, um, it's pro- it, was a, it wasn't a good match, but I think the angle itself was pretty solid, and they, they did a good payoff with Vince getting his head shaved. Yeah, and this was, like, during that period where... Uh, Donald Trump was on The Apprentice, and he was pretty big. That show was like, like the biggest show, one of the biggest shows uh, airing in the country. So I never liked The Apprentice, but whatever. yeah, I never cared for it. It uh, was, I was gonna say that was. I mean, it was a big match with all the involvement because Austin was the guest referee for it too. The thing that gets me is that it was, as I call it, it was a foregone conclusion match because there's no way that Donald Trump was getting his head shaved. It just wasn't going to happen. So basically, everyone's just sitting around waiting for Vince to lose. But that can be fun. Um, Austin talked about this on one of his podcasts once, because he said that um, Trump's handlers didn't want him to take the stunner, and Trump's just like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, that's It's funny... That happened, and then Jesse Ventura, his handlers didn't want him to do anything. And then he said, you know what? Forget it. I'll just do whatever you guys want to. When he, uh, it, That was a SummerSlam he reft, I think. But, um, oh, the... Um, it, it, the triple threat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was tr- I thought so, maybe it was a newer appearance, but that uh, makes sense. No, but it's, it's interesting to me to find out. You know, people you see go on shows, you look at them, and you're like, they're not going to do it. And it's just shocking to me to see who's game for it and who's not. That always surprised me when they were doing the um, the guest hosts, how involved uh, Hugh Jackman got with everything. Because he was probably, like, the biggest star they landed when they did that. He'd done a lot of physical stuff, so I guess it, it wouldn't... It, that one doesn't shock me as much. Which is... They, well, no, I guess Umaga murdered the Entourage guys, didn't he? I, I kind of vaguely remember that. I'm not sure. I've, I've liked a lot of stuff Jeremy Piven's been in, but then you hear stories about him, so I'm not... I'm not sure. We should, uh, we should do a show at some, like way distant point in the future on the the guest host era that's well i mean i mean the high point was the muppets so <laughs> i would agree with that actually yeah and it's it's because the muppets man you the muppets are are always high point all right um did did you guys have any others you wanted to throw in or I feel like there's this big, like, obvious one that I'm missing that I should mention, but I can't think of it. I always feel that way when we do these, and then I'm going to remember it tomorrow, and I'm going to send it to you guys, and I'm going to be so mad at myself. I can't believe I forgot this. This is this is like when I'm I'm still bitter about that time <laughs> I thought the Skywalkers had the Rock and Roll Express in it. Yes! <laughs> I'm still angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I get so much enjoyment out of that, but I, I'm going to tell you guys that that was that just tickled me. So, all right, well, if that's all we have, we want to hear from you guys. What are your top mania moments? Please hit us up on social media. 
Um, my cat apparently wants her input too. <laughs> and so please hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, message, posts, DMs, whatever. Uh, touch base with us. And this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We're in three corners. You're in the fourth. Thank you for joining us.